Is this on? Hey. Hey, all right. Hey, you guys can sit down. Appreciate you. Thank you, Keish, for that amazing intro. Preaching the gospel, baby. Let's go. Hey, uh, I'll just welcome you guys again to Flannel Fest 2023. I think this is the fourth time we've put on this event, so welcome. For those of you, again, it's your first time. Seriously, it's, we're truly grateful you're here. It really is a big deal. We're a tight-knit family, and as I like to say, we're a little contagious. So if you hang around long enough, and I really do mean this, uh, we'll become your best friends. So sorry, not sorry. That's just how it is here, okay? All right, cool. Um, I'm not going to take up too much of our time here because I understand, listen, we got axe throwing. We got a waffling competition later. We got bingo stuff. We got prizes. We got fire pits. And I know you guys want to get around those things quickly. I'm not going to take too much time. We'll probably be like 15, 20 minutes. Who knows? The Lord's going to move. So it's really up to him at that point. Um, I just want to share some thoughts uh, from God's word. You know, in, in the book of James... Uh, which is a book in the New Testament, very short book. There's this question that the writer brings up. It's, uh, it's, it's when the question comes up, it's not, it's like it comes out of nowhere. It's really strange. Uh, When when you come across it, it it almost like, it's almost like it jumps off the pages to you. It, It just grips your attention. It's almost like he just nonchalantly brings up this question and just tosses it on the table for you and I to deal with ourselves. It's a very big question, and and it's perhaps a question that all of us here at some point in our lives have asked ourselves. It's certainly an important question, and the question is this. This is what he says. He says, what is your life? What is your life? life. Thank you, helicopter. We love you. <laughs> if that's a military helicopter, we love them. <laughs> I can't tell. Anyone know if that's a Blackhawk or military guys? Apache? Blackhawk? Medical? Yeah, okay, cool. Check. All right. Now, of course, all of us here would perhaps answer this question differently, okay? This question of what is your life. Perhaps you would even ask it differently. Maybe you would say it like, what is my purpose? Right? Maybe you've asked that question yourselves, or maybe you, you said it like this, why am I even here in the first place? Maybe you would say, am I important? Or do I even matter? You guys know, have you ever asked yourself that? What is my life? He, he brings this question up in chapter four, verse four, uh, chapter four, verse 14. This question, it's interesting because it's more than just a philosophical question. This is a real, very human question. And what's interesting is that James, the writer, he actually answers this question in the same verse. Because he says, again, verse 14, he says, For what is your life? Is it not a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away? Now, that's not very encouraging, right? But you have to understand, James was writing that to a group of people who were very prideful, okay? They were very, they were, they were boasting in their successes and their possessions. And James was humbling them saying, hey, you're not actually that big of a deal. So glorify God instead and he will make you a big deal. More than you could ever do for yourself. And so when we read our Bibles, we see certain individuals, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, who answer this question uniquely. 
And when they do, it's interesting. It's like they give contrasting answers. Because at first they say kind of, they say something a little depressing and hopeless at first. But then right after that, they say something very optimistic and profound and wonderful. Let's go through a few examples together. So if you were to ask David, okay, King David in the Old Testament, if you were to ask him this question, what is your life? This is what he says in the Psalms. He says, my days are like a shadow that lengthens and I wither away like the grass. Now listen, again, that's the hopeless kind of answer, okay? And listen, there's, there's truth to that. There's truth that we are finite, we are limited, we are a flash in the pan in the scope of eternity. But then later in Psalm 139, he writes this. He says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. If you were to ask Job this same question, okay, in the book of Job, Old Testament, again, if you were to ask him this question, hey, Job, what is your life? He would say in chapter 8, he says, my days on the earth, it's like David, my days on the earth are like a shadow. But then later in chapter 41, at the very end of the book, it says that his, it, it says that after Job repented, and God restored him, it says his days, instead of like a shadow, it says his days were now full and rich. Let's look at a New Testament example. The Apostle Paul, right? Many of us know him. New Testament. If you were to ask Paul this question, hey Paul, what is your life? He would say in Romans chapter 7, he would, he would say nothing good dwells in me. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, he says, I am the chief of sinners. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, I am nothing at all. (laughs) But in contrast to that, okay, he says those things, but then in contrast to that, he also says in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, I am the workmanship of Christ, created for good works. And then later in Philippians chapter 1, he says, for to me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Now that's how these people answered this question of what is your life. But the more, what's more pertinent for us tonight is what about you? How would you answer this question? How would I answer this question? What is my life? Now perhaps you've allowed others to answer this question for you. And maybe some of those answers were not very optimistic, not very positive, yet has somehow determined the way we view ourselves, hasn't it? And your value. Maybe the answers that others gave you have inadvertently created insecurities or doubts or even an identity that perhaps you know is false but for some reason you keep believing it anyway. You tell yourself you're worthless. You tell yourself you're not interesting or not gifted or talented or employed. You tell yourself maybe you're stupid, you're dumb. You tell yourself you're weird or you're a failure. Maybe you even tell yourself that You're unwanted. Listen, if that's you, 
I want to stand here and be the first to tell you that those thoughts and those words come from the deepest and darkest pit of hell. Because although our days, our days are fleeting like a shadow, like the grass, the value that you and me possess is much, much more than we could ever assume. But listen, our value is not intrinsic, okay? In other words, you and I, we don't determine what our value is. Because here's the deal, things like success and upbringing and social status and money and possession and, and IQ and all of these things, listen, these things are terrible measuring sticks to determine your value because all of that is incredibly subjective and does not ultimately matter in the end. Because listen, you're not going to take any of that with you to the grave. Listen, there is only one source that our true value ultimately comes from. There is only one person whose thoughts about you really matter. There's only one act, one deed that revealed to all of mankind what their, what their life really amounts to and that is none other, Keyshawn said it, than the Lord Jesus himself. And what he willingly and lovingly did for you and for me on his cross. Listen, where no one wanted you, he does. Where no one loved you, he does. Where no one taught you or tended to you or paid attention to you, or even listens to you, listen, Jesus does. He's there. And he wants to do all of these things for you forever and eternity. So long, so long as we decide to give up the lies and we give up the sin and we give up our selfishness and begin to actually live for him. What is your life? Jesus is your life because he created it and he redeemed it on that cross. Come on. Listen, let's quit acting like we can define our own lives for ourselves and we clearly cannot. I'm actually going to get the worship team. Oh yeah, Simon's already up here. Good. Man, you like teleported, man. That was awesome. That was so good. That was perfect timing. Hey, let's, let's stand together. We're going to jump back into a, just a brief moment of worship. But I really do believe the Lord's going to speak to some of us here tonight. You know, many of us have been told lies about who we are and what our life actually is. Allow me to just in these next few moments to list to us what God's word says about you. And listen, this isn't rhetoric. Okay, and I really do mean that in, in all seriousness. This is not rhetoric. This is reality. What I'm about to read over you, I did not make up. None of us here made up. This is what the Lord says in his word. So as I, I'm literally just going to go down a list of what the Bible says about you and about me. And as I go through it, I really just want to encourage you guys to just crack open your hearts in these next few moments. Re really receive these words over your lives. Let these words eclipse the lies that you've either been told or bought into. 
And you can close your eyes if you need to. Just just allow your spirit and your heart to just absorb these words. This is what God's word says you are. What is your life? This is what God says. He says you are, and this is the truth. Again, this isn't rhetoric. This isn't just maybe. This isn't just perhaps. This is for real. It says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Think about that. You're made with fear and wonder. You are his workmanship. You're not a waste of time. You are his workmanship. You are a lily among thorns. You are the light of the world. Shine before men. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. That's what you are. The old has passed. The new has come. If you receive him, you know what you are? The Bible says you are a child of God. You are no longer servants. You are now friends. You are the temple of God's very spirit. You are an ambassador for Christ. The word also says you have been chosen. To what? To become the righteousness of God. You have been adopted by God as sons and as daughters. Wow. We're no longer orphans, y'all. Through him, for himself. And these are some of the kickers. I'm going to end with these. And man, as we just go through it, man, if you just want to just cry out, celebrate, clap, whatever. Listen, this is what it says. You have been redeemed. You have been forgiven. You have been justified. You have been sanctified. Set apart. You have been cleansed. You have been reconciled. You know what that means? We're friends with God again. Here's the last one. You ready? And man, just bust out the praise if you're ready for this one. You have been set free. You've been set free, man. Come on. Father, thank you, Jesus, that you have set us free, God. Thank you, Lord, that because of what you did on the cross, Lord, we can experience newness of life. Really, God. And this isn't just rhetoric. This isn't just a, just maybe or, or any of that God this is for real who we are in your eyes in your heart God this is truly who we are in Jesus guys if you know that to be true can we praise him come on